Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Uh, we're going to go through, if you remember back a little while ago, sort of late last year, we put himself through a bit of a challenge to get to 2,000 watts on the bike as quickly as he could. So mostly working in the gym and then a little bit of bike work mixed in uh, to get as close as possible. I think, what did we get to late October? 19... 1973, I think was 1973. So if you're looking through the Mets Mastermind, you would have seen some updates through there. And then if you have been looking recently, just cracked the 2000, was it last week? Yeah, so for the first time, cracked 2066 watts last week. Uh, and a little bit interesting in terms of the preparation for that. We'll go into that a little bit, a little bit later on, or lack of preparation <laughs> leading into that last little bit to, to tip over the edge and get the 2,000 watts. So we want to share with you guys a bit of an insight into, one, how we got there, because we've got a few athletes at the moment who are cyclists looking to boost up their peak power output, particularly for sprinting, um, and go through what you did initially to get so close, but then what sort of happened in the last couple of months, even though preparation may have sort of gone out the window a little bit, but how you still managed to get up there to 2,000. So do you want to just give a quick rundown of that first initial, I guess it was 12 weeks really, wasn't it, of training, what you did, what you didn't do, because there was a yep. lot of non-bike work that yep. was in there? Yeah, I mean, so as a, as a general overview, um, I started this challenge, it was, it was exactly 2,000 hours from my wedding day, which was November the no, it wasn't. That's when I went away. November the third was when I went away. My wedding day was two weeks prior to that. Um, so essentially, the, the reason for the challenge was really just accountability to get out and do something. I was yep. getting a bit slack over winter, um, so I thought, hey, why not do two thousand watts in two thousand hours? So um, I started. It must have been in June, June, July, or no, nah, it must have been July. Whatever, three August, months out yeah. from from November. Um, so yeah, it was eighty. I think I had eighty nine days, whatever the two thousand hours works out to be. So. What I did first was I jumped out and did some some baseline testing just out in the field, which I'd use a tax at first, but that didn't blow it up. Yeah, yeah, didn't like it. Didn't so, too high. Yeah. so I went out and did some baseline testing and hit I think twelve hundred and thirty watts. Um, so that was probably a little bit lower than I'd hoped, yep. given that I wanted to hit two thousand. Yep. But that was the baseline, and then from there it was essentially yeah, it was a mixture of of strength working on the bike work, predominantly strength, um, only twice a week. You know, I was only doing sort of two times a week in the gym, but did basically did just the very basic overview of strength. So I started off with um, four weeks of hypertrophy and movement competency, just making sure I could squat and deadlift and leg press and all that with the right technique, because it's been probably two years since I've seriously been in the gym. Then I went to four weeks of max strength, so that was like you know, one to three reps, but like maximal workload. Um, again, similar, trying to be as specific as I could to cycling, particularly with the leg mm. press being the, the, the yep. exact action that you're going to do on the bike. And then the last four-week block was a sports-specific power um, block where I did a mixture of plyometric training in the gym, so such as box jumps, which are technically not plyometric, that's power training, so yep. box jumps, um, things like that as well as then on the bike sprinting, pretty much go down the velodrome and just did something, something along the lines of, you know, seven by five second maximal efforts with about a three to five minute recovery just to make sure everything was, was new. I was neuromuscularly fresh and giving it, giving uh, everything I had. So uh, that was an overview of, of sort of the, the, the program and, and the bare bones of it and sort of why I did it was just, you know, for a bit of fun. Um, and then in terms of the results, yeah, it just happened to, happen to, to respond very well to it. I mean, I am more of an anaerobic athlete. I always have been. Like, I do respond yep. a lot better to that. We've seen my lactate get to seven point whatever threshold. Like, yep. I am Pretty more hard. built for that. So it was probably, you know, partly genetic was the reason that I could improve so much, which was, which was just, you know, um, lucky, lucky genes, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it progressed pretty well. So I think I was averaging about 10 watts a day improvement. Yeah, it was at, pretty at, big. At, yeah. yeah, at one stage. So um, 
yeah, so I think after a week, I think I hit 1300 and something too, which is like 1450, and then I got up to 1500. And it was sort of just, it, it worked out to be about 100 watts every, you know, eight, eight to 10 days. So, um, yeah, you got pretty lucky. And then as I said, I got a little bit, probably, it would have been about a week out from my wedding, so three weeks out from the actual official end date. Um, Probably a little bit complacent, because like, oh, I, I think I hit 1920 or something yeah, like three early, weeks yeah. ago, and I was like, ah, should be right, should be right, yeah. and wedding celebration, so on and so forth, and I, and I actually just, yeah, pulled up a little bit short, so that's uh, 1973 uh, was the peak that I got, and um, no, I did that one 2500 one, but that was definitely yeah. dodgy, yeah, <laughs> so I, was, I can't claim dodgy. that, I was like, yeah. oh, unless I can repeat it, I'm not going to claim it, so that was a bit of a dodgy reading, I think, so, um, so yeah, just missed out, and then... Um, so that was what November, and mm-hmm. now it's you know, May, and, and I, I kind of stopped training after that. I didn't really specifically try. I was like, ah, yeah. uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed that it was like so so close. But then I was like, oh, and I kept training, and I didn't. I you know, stopped. I was like, ah, yeah. ticket off is good enough. But, yeah. Um, so when I say I stopped training, I stopped going to the gym, but I, I'm still doing stuff. Like I'm generally active, um, mm-hmm. not a lot. Of, probably riding once, maybe twice a week. Uh, not not specifically training for this anymore, but yeah. as we'll talk about soon, just just being able to maintain. Anaerobic adaptations are relatively easy to maintain if you if you're generally staying active. And although I wasn't training specifically for hitting 2,000 watts now, um, just by doing a little bit of sprint work, whether that be on the bike or predominantly running, it's still the same sort of muscle groups and and. Um, and you can maintain a lot of your fitness that way. Mm. Yeah, so overall, so how many months did that work out to be? Was it five months of not doing too much specific stuff almost now? Yep. Yeah, about that. Five months of not doing too much sprint specific, but stayed on the bike a little bit um, to, to at least be doing something is obviously maintained enough to then allow you to put out 2,000 watts. So... Uh, in terms of in terms of the adaptation to start with, what are the what were the main adaptations that you would have gone through, particularly from the gym side of things? Because uh, if you if you have a look right through exactly the ins and outs of your program in that initial block of training that got you most of the way there, it was all it was pretty much all gym for the first sort of eight weeks, wasn't it? It was very minimal bike. I don't even think you touched the bike for probably the last couple of weeks. So, what what are those adaptations that you were majorly chasing after in terms of changes to your muscle, changes to the way you control your movement? Yep. But then, what do you reckon's gone on in terms of maintain, maintaining those? Which ones may have dropped away a bit, and which ones may have sort of stayed where they are? And just touch a bit on how you maintain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so I kept it very simple. You can get complicated mm. and talk about the ins and outs of X and C, but it was really quite basic. The first goal in that four week period of, of hypertrophy and movement competency was basically teaching my brain to to um, to switch on the right muscle groups at the right time, the yep. right muscle fibers at the right time. So it's been a long, as I said, a long time since I've been in the gym two years or so. So I wanted to make sure that um, I could try uh, connect, basically connect my muscle with my mind, um, so that we could firstly fire as many motor neurons as possible. So it was all good having muscle fibers. If you can't actually yep. fire them to work yep. and to contract, no point. So that's yep. number one. So that was the, the first goal. Um, and, and that's why you'll see at home if you don't if you don't do a lot of strength training, you do some stuff for four weeks. You, you probably you know you'd be lifting. You, you, you progress very quickly. Yep. Like you're not getting any bigger. You're not even getting any stronger. Yep. You're just starting to activate the, the muscle fibers that have always right. been there but just aren't connected properly. Yep. Um, so that was the first goal, and then the second goal was high, uh, max strength and hypertrophy. They're all yep. they're all interrelated. Mm-hmm. So that was like all right. Now that I can activate these muscle fibers, I want to get them bigger. Simply get bigger. Right? Yeah. I put on about five kilos. Yeah, you know, probably uh, to be fair, probably two kilos. That was fat, but at least three <laughs> kilos was muscle. All right, yeah. so I did I did put on quite a bit of weight yeah. um, just to the hypertrophy phase. So they got bigger. Um, so now I've got 
fibers that are working and now they're bigger and more powerful fibers, now I need to get those bigger, bigger, more powerful fibers contracting as fast as possible. That was the last bit, yep. the last block. So that's basically the thread, the process I went through to get as much power as possible. Because power being speed and strength, all good having strength, but if you can't contract quickly, which is the sport specific speed stuff at the end, um, then you're not going to be able to put out 2,000 watts. So they're, they're the three elements I went through. And then I just chose exercises that, that, that either worked specific muscle groups um, and or closely correlated to the skill that I was doing, which is cycling. So a lot of my stuff was, was leg pressing over squatting. Um, leg pressing, because technically I'm not that great at squatting, as being being like technically yep. efficient. So I just said, I'll, I'll do leg pressing, less injury risk, I can produce more force, I don't have to worry about the core components, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I'm sitting down, it's safe, I was pushing much. up a lot more, yeah. Exactly, like I was, I was like, I had a pretty significant leg press, but I couldn't squat that much, because yeah. I had a lot of back issues and all the other mm. stuff that everyone has. So I kept it quite simple from that, because I was like, I don't care about the, the, the movement of a squat, I just want to get a specific movement, which is a leg press, um, and load it up as much as possible to really fire those motor yep. units. So I did leg pressing, and then I just did some basic um, deadlifts just to get the, you want to get the, you don't want to just load up your quads, etc. cetera, you know, get the hamstrings involved and everything else as well. So got specific muscle groups and then did specific movements. So that's sort of how we did then. Um, in terms of maintaining, um, I mean, the anaerobic adaptations, you don't really lose very quickly at all. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't take, like, we know from aerobic, we need to do it like two, roughly two times a week, high intensity, just to maintain VO2 max. And if you take more than about 10 days off, you're gonna significantly lose your aerobic adaptation starting with your blood plasma. But anaerobically, it takes a lot longer. Um, and I can't give you specifics. Uh, we read some stuff on just before, but yeah. we're talking weeks, weeks yeah. to months before you start to lose that anaerobic stuff, yeah. right? And it's quite funny because a, sl a slow twitch fiber, like an endurance fiber, that will actually convert to a, a fast twitch's default. Yeah. So you can actually potentially lower your aerobic and actually get more fast twitch. Now they're not necessarily conditioned fast twitch mm. fibers, but it's funny how the, the body naturally goes towards being anaerobic when it can, yeah. when you do nothing, as opposed to being aerobically adapt. So um, I didn't do any specific, I actually stopped going to the gym, but just simply footy season and going out for rides every now and then, I'd like to just push a bit of power, uh, yeah. bit of sprinting, mostly running, but just yeah. enough to maintain what's there, I'm still the same weight, so I haven't been like measuring skin folds or anything, but I, hope, I, mean, I feel about the same, so I'll mm -hmm. probably maintain most of that hypertrophy, maybe dropped off a bit, but I'd say the muscle size is about the same. Yep. In theory, the neural adaptations should be somewhat maintained because I'm still, I've not like I've done nothing, I'm still yep. active, I'm not necessarily going out squatting, deadlifting, so on and so forth, but I'm still doing those movements, so mm -hmm. um, I should still be able to turn on those fibers, they're still the similar size fibers, and then it's just how can you how can you then um, correlate that to 2,000 watts? And I'm putting it down to, to being really fresh on the day. Um, mm. I actually came off about seven days, not a prop, not not a purpose taper, but it just happened, so happened that I had stuff on, and I basically did seven days of very minimal training, and I came in really really fresh. Yeah. And I only hit it once, you know, mm. but you know, because yeah. I was just happened to, <laughs> so I, I spun yeah. down to the velodrome with Dimmer and we did did the couple of efforts and I, I hit it and then I was like, I couldn't even hit it again, but yeah. I hit the 2000 watts because I, I was relatively fresh off seven days of not much. Um, and that was enough. And if you think about it, what, 2066, I did hit 1973. So improvement wise, it's what, 4%. So mm. a taper will do that. And not yeah. that it was a purpose taper, but I said a taper of freshness will do that to you. So. I'm putting it down to actually just maintaining through just, just normal sporting activity basically um, and then having just been fresh on the day mm. has been enough just to, to sneak into that 2000. So in terms of what where to from here, could I get up again? I probably could to be honest if I really wanted to because um, it's half, half genetic, half trained. Mm. Could I get to 2500? Maybe that's getting ambitious but um, 
Yeah, maybe there is some scope for a bit more improvement in there as well. Yeah, if fucking bothered. <laughs> yeah, if you if you get back in get back in the gym and keep leg pressing. What did what did leg press get to at one point? Um, four fifty was one RM. Yeah, so four yeah. fifty for one, and I was doing four ten maybe or four twenty for three. Yeah. Um, so I started off. And it's come to the new adaptations mm. there. So I started off at three sixty for three. And I remember ages ago, but as like an 18, 19 year old pretty keen soccer so I did do a lot of gym work I think I picked at 390 so yeah. even though I hadn't been in the gym for ages yeah still maintain a reason theory yeah. maybe I'd be a bit stronger naturally just by maturing and all the rest mm. but in theory relatively the same um, and then with the adaptation to the, the, the three four week blocks yeah got that sort of 450 but yeah. whether I'd get that now I don't know but Maybe, maybe it's worth some content going in and, and trying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like like you said, we were sort of having a bit of a quick look through some of the research. We found found one one article that was talking about particularly quadriceps strength over, and, and then talking about a bit of D training. That a lot of it was it was sixty percent neurological, so that connection between the the, the brain and the muscle, and then about forty percent of it was attributed to hypertrophy, so the actual size of the muscle. So, like I said, even if you have lost a little bit, it's that connection between the brain and the muscle that's probably the key part that's yeah. allowed you to fire more parts of the muscle, activate more in the first place, going to help you push a lot more wedge, and then that last little top up, yeah, if you get back in the gym and, and try and put on size again, put on another five kilos of muscle mass, maybe does that peak power go up even further than what it already is. Um, so, yeah, interesting. In terms of in terms of maintenance, like we said, it doesn't, it doesn't take take much you mentioned there's a few things that you've you also kept some high intensity in there with what you say and come back in doing a bit of sprinting running wise so maybe that's transferred across um do a bit of sprinting on the bike it doesn't take much but you can't just do nothing i think is the the key message out of that if you were to do absolutely nothing for three months that's where that's where it starts to go away and this is i guess alluding to more tapering we've got guys coming up to particularly like Cairns Ironman's coming up, um, Gold Coast Marathon starting to come yep. up. We had guys, uh, Tyler went and raced on the weekend at Port Macquarie. In terms of that taper period being critical, I think, first of all, that making sure you're fresh enough to then be able to perform. You can gain that 3 4% by doing the taper correctly, maintaining a bit of intensity, dropping the volume. But I think a lot of people underestimate the, the neurological fatigue or that mind-muscle fatigue yeah, as opposed sure. to just heaviness in the legs because you've done a hard threshold, threshold session or, yep. or being having a bit of muscle damage because you've done a heavy leg session it's nerve nervous system fatigue that's probably a, a big one that i mean we see it a lot when we talk about like heat load stress and as a result of long duration yeah. events but do you want to just quickly touch on a little bit about how that might impact someone yeah uh, like, like i said seven days being relatively fresh not doing a lot maybe is it just that nervous system being fully ready to go um, did you do anything in the warm-up as well that might have just help wake up the nervous system too? It's probably a good, good yeah. starting point. So I'll start just before yeah. that because it just popped to mind. So I think neuromuscular freshness is probably it's probably not a discussion around the podcast because mm-hmm. there's so much you can talk about. But um, it, it, it might actually explain why I didn't in 2000 in the first place because I got to lock in at 1970 and then it's like, oh, geez, I'll try again tomorrow because I'm, I'm You're running out of time. every day, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm running out of time. I've got three yeah. days to go. So then I do it the next day. I wasn't sore. But I wasn't neuromuscularly fresh. Yeah. So I, I tried again and mm. you couldn't do it, you tried again, you tried again. So I could have actually done nothing for a week and probably hit it then. Just probably, again, yeah. not because I was mm. sore, purely from the neuromuscular freshness perspective. So I mean for triathletes, it it's important. Um, obviously we're not doing maximal efforts in in racing in yeah. terms of like repeat sprint and so on and so forth, but 
Um, it certainly is a, a factor, but if you do a proper taper, seven, 14 days, whatever you want to do, mm. depending on, on you, um, the neuromuscular will probably take care of itself. But in terms of where you're going out with the warm up, um, yeah, you don't just go out and smash out 2000 like yeah. that. You do, you can do, you can talk about post, post activation potentiation, that one. one. <laughs> yeah, well you do, do yeah. basically you need to do a few practice sprints, mm. essentially. Um, one to warm up the muscle, but even not for that reason. For neuromuscular, you, you can't, like, you just need to, um, wake everything up essentially. Yeah, let's just keep it simple. Wake everything up. Yeah, mm. you know you got to you got to ease into it a bit. So yeah, um, same with lifting. Same with anything. It's hard to just go from zero to max without doing a few essentially warm up sets or reps or, or, or whatever you want to mm. do. So yeah, did a couple of sprints. I think I, I did. Two, I don't know what about four or five. I think I did two. We we, we cycled down there. So that's yep. twenty k's. No, it's not ten k's. Okay. Twenty minutes. Um, so that warmed up the muscles enough, and then I just did two or three just five second sprints, I think mm. it was like 1500, 1700, 1800 or something, and then yep. I'll, I'll just have a proper crack, three minute recovery, fully neuromuscular, not neuro, fully replenish my phosphocreatin, so my sprint system's all ready yep. to go, um, and then yeah, just gave it a crack and, and happened to hit it, and then I couldn't hit it again because I wasn't neuromuscularly yeah. fresh again, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah it, it is important, uh, but yeah, a, a normal taper should, should make you pretty neuromuscularly fresh, but that's also why we say don't do a VO2 set on a Tuesday and then do it again on a Wednesday because mm. you're, not, you're not neuromuscular. You might sore, but even if you're not, you're not neuromuscularly fresh. Yep. You need time to adapt, so on and so forth. So yeah, there's a little bit of an element of, mm. of that in, in that for, for mm. endurance athletes. And a big one in terms of the strength training for endurance athletes too, and something I'm big on is that you don't, you don't need to be coming out of the gym not being able to walk if you're an endurance athlete. It's all about that nervous system aspect. So a lot of guys that, that we coach at the moment will know that they get big rest periods in the gym. They they might lift a little bit heavier than what they're probably used to in at times, but it's all about developing that nervous system. If they come out of the gym and they're not sore immediately after session, it's the goal of that session wasn't to get them sore. The goal of that session was to, to change what their nervous system's doing because everything else, aerobic, anaerobic, is going to be specific to their sport most likely if they're on the bike running, etc. So... Um, being being fresh from a nervous system perspective, particularly in the really short stuff, the sprinting stuff is useful, but it can have an impact on subsequent sessions like a VO2 max interval session. You obviously don't have dead legs going into something no. like that. We have to put maximal speed. Um, we see it all the time as well when guys come in for testing and they're already tired before going into the testing. Yep. If they've done like a heavy lift or, a, or an interval session the day before, we just don't recommend it because yep. you're already cooked. Yeah, I think people need to understand that, especially from an endurance athlete perspective, we're not trying to, we don't need to be able to squat 300 kilos. Yep. That's not the goal. We, we really just need predominantly train the nervous system. You're going to get plenty, and this is the thing, people go to the gym and do local muscular endurance stuff. So they go yep. down and do, they'll do 30 lunges. Yep. You get, you just go for a ride. You're doing the same thing. Yep. Like you are getting an, enough muscular endurance training just through doing aerobic style training because that's mm. all it is it's you're not going maximum it's a sub max intensity and it's repeated so why don't you just yeah. go for a run or go for a cycle it's the yeah, same thing that's, right? that's what we do day to day. you have plenty of muscular endurance already mm. so if you go to the gym and you do that and you get fatigued and then you go do your training session and that reduces the intensity and it, it just makes it a rush you're, you're doing yeah. too much you get injured so and so forth like in my second phase the four week where i was doing max strength i'd go in and i'd do five reps in total so yeah. one one rep, rest three minutes. One rep, rest three minutes. Five times. Warm up, cool down, sure. But five prop, like sti five stimulating lifts is all I would do. I was never sore the next day. Yeah. Not, and I wasn't even doing other stuff. But the point is, it's not, yeah, you don't need to get sore. You just need to get that adaptation. And what, what's the goal of it? Like, yeah. I needed to be fresh. Um, it's quality, not quantity. I, I yeah. guess that's, that's the summary. And yeah. the same with a lot of stuff. It's quality, not quantity. Um, yeah, so I think endurance athletes, I think you can jump in the gym 
Like, let's say if you've got a race in three months, what's the point in getting sore in the gym? And, and Correct. You can't. You know? If you've got yeah. lots of time, sure, maybe there's, a, there's an element where you can get mm. really tired. And depending, and what you, depending on what your goal is too, if you're looking more... Like if, you, if you're going, all right, all of a sudden, yeah, you're road cyclist, you want to transition to track cycling and be a sprinter, yep. you're going to have to put on size in the gym. It's going to induce a bit of muscle yes. damage to be able to Correct. produce that growth and development. There's a purpose to it. But for most... It's, it's just about developing that, that nervous system, that neural adaptation primarily. It's the same thing when we talk, I bring it back to the, the analogy of when we see endurance guys come in all the time, we, all they do is long slow. The way they're going to get better is going out and do the high intensity stuff. It's the same thing in the gym. All you do in swim, bike, run, row, whatever, is sub-maximal repeated, repeated movement again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. Take that, let's isolate it, go real maximal. We can open up all this untapped potential Correct. that we potentially don't have previously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, spot on. I say it's just a, it's you know, let's say you go out and you're, you're cycling it. I don't know. People do strength endurance. What do you, I, don't, mm. I don't want to get into that, but people go out and do some riding. And let's say you're you're pushing thirty percent of what your max is, thirty percent, thirty percent, thirty percent, and your max is a thousand watts, right? Go in the gym, make your make, make your max two thousand watts, and now instead of it being thirty percent, it's now fifteen percent. You're actually pushing less of your max. You're gonna because you have more top yep. end strength. Mm. It's gonna make the bottom end feel a lot easier. Yeah. So you don't need to train, most people don't need to train their endurance, yeah. their muscular endurance, they need to train the, 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 probably the nervous system, mm. bring that up, drag everything else yeah. up potentially with it. So. And it's something we haven't really tested yet and I'd still be interesting to see what it does and maybe with a few of the guys that we're going to trial some of these training programs on is 2,000 watts is great over sort of what, one second, three second average? Really short period of time, you held that 2004. Oh, yeah, 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 maybe, like yeah. instantly, two tops, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of how it translates to maybe like the end of a crit race, instead of potentially before only being able to get to maybe what 12, 1300 at the end of a crit race in a sprint, does that now mean if your top end's now 2000, can you now hold 15, 1600 watts at the end of a race when you're fatigued, or what percentage of that now you can hold? I'd be interested to see. Yeah, I'd have to see what, what it is. Yeah, there are other, other, uh, other elements. Mm. Uh, fresh legs for a flying 200 is different to an end of a crit race. So if I'm at an end of a crit race and if I'm not as aerobically fit and I've got more lactic acid build up, yeah. I, call it anaer- I call it anaerobic, not call it. it's called anaerobic reserve capacity. So yeah. it's like, um, let's say I'm on the limit. I'm, I'm already above threshold when I get to the sprint and then I start to push out, you know, a th- even just a thousand watts, that's going to put me over the limit very, very quickly and I'm going to fatigue. So hydronines, lactic acid is going to slow your muscular contraction. So I, I did it the other, well, maybe month or two, month, two months ago, I just arrived with the Croydon Cycle Works guys a bit. We had a sprint finish at the end of a hill and I'd actually come off not, I was pretty aerobically unfit. Mm. And I think I peaked at about 1350. Yeah. Um, and I, at that time, I probably could have done 1,900 on fresh legs, but yep. because I was, well, it's when we got there, it been a bit sneaky, and you know, they put the they put the hammer down early to, to, to yep. try to you know get a bit fatigue in the legs, and I could only hit about 1,350. So it's a combination of the two. If if I came into that sprint with plenty of anaerobic reserve left, I wasn't flooded full of lactic acid. Yeah, for sure, I'd be able to hit you know 16, 1700 as opposed yep. to my previous peak on fresh leg was seven, was twelve thirty. Yeah, I, I can already hit thirteen fifty mm. on fatigue legs. So yeah, there is that element. But then, as soon as you get to the, uh, you're talking about an end of it, the end of it, a continuous event. And you've got yep. lactic acid in there. It's not just how much power. It's actually not even power. It's more of your, your anaerobic capacity. Yeah. How much power can you put down in the presence of all that crap in your legs? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, hopefully, I reckon we'll leave it there. Yeah. Covered, so. covered a fair bit, but hopefully, it gives you a bit of insight into 
how eventually it got to 2,000 watts. Um, if anyone is interested in understanding a bit more about the training program, we did write it up a little while ago, so uh, feel free to send an email through to nick at metsperformance.com if you are interested in seeing that training program. Um, we can sort it out from that end. But otherwise, as always, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. Uh, any question or anything you have, feel free to leave them in the Mets Mastermind, and we'll see you in the next video.